the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the program. It's Thursday. It's the date day edition of the program, and I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh, which means Paula and I are back, and we're glad to be back in Texas. We just returned from our our uh, senior pastors conference this year. They included the wives, so we've been in Southern California for the last three days. I want to thank Pastor Ken for filling in and doing such a great job. And uh, we're just happy to be back. Uh, a little bit jet lagged. I guess when you get to my age, you get a little bit jet lagged <laughs> when your body clock keeps changing back and forth. But other than that, we're doing great. Hey, thanks for tuning in when Ken was doing the show. And uh, we're back on schedule beginning now. Uh, 340-9585 for your live calls and questions. Ladies, this is a day uh, that we set aside especially for you, not exclusively but especially for you. So if you need any encouragement or have any questions for Paula, she is live in the studio, 340-9585. You can also call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. Uh, you can send your questions via email by emailing questions at calvarysa.com. You can use the free Calvary Chapel mobile app and send them in. If you are driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. And that way you just hit the call now button and you'll be connected directly to uh, our studio producer. It is really good to be back. Paula, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I always feel funny saying that because we've been hanging out not only all day, but we've been hanging out for the last three days. Yep. Up close and personal. I mean, you know, you didn't get up. We didn't go to the gym. You didn't come to the office. And then I don't see you until church you know, on Wednesday and stuff. Nope, we were we were together. It was it was good. I love the teachings. Um, I was spoken to you and got some conviction and some corrections and redirections and stuff like that. So that's always good. But um, you know, while we were gone, well, actually, we left Sunday, and we heard about you know the shootings, of course, and how hard it has been to be so far away yeah. and to get all the texts and the emails from people who, you know, lost friends, and we weren't here to help comfort them, and so that was difficult. Yeah, it, it always is, and it seems like something almost always happens when we leave. I know. So we started getting news uh, of the, the shooting in Sutherland Springs um, um, just before third service, between second and third service mm -hmm. on Sunday, and we had to rush out and get to the airport on Sunday afternoon. So trying to take it all in and process it was really, really difficult. But then the texts come. We're, we're close enough that a lot of people in our church uh, know people who were lost or who were shot. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it's just something when you're part of the body of Christ and you're, you're part of this larger family, um, it, it, it hurts uh, even when you're total strangers with the people who are affected. And you just think about... Um, uh, a normal day, and you've heard me say this so many times, you probably don't want to hear it again, Paula, but but um, uh, they, they got up that morning like they do on every Sunday morning to go worship our Jesus. Yeah. And nobody knew that, that 29 of them, I guess, at this point, 
uh, we're going to meet him that day, mm -hmm. um, whether they were infants or or teenagers. Uh, and then it really hit home with me when we heard a report that said um, the pastor of the church and his wife weren't there, mm -hmm. and they were in Oklahoma. And to me, as a pastor, you put yourself in that, that situation, and you just wonder, I, I, that would be the worst thing ever for me, to be away from our church and hear that something terrible like this had happened, mm -hmm. um, and not be able to be there to share in the pain and in the suffering, not being able to, 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 to put your arms around people and cry with people. Uh, and then uh, it got even worse for us when we heard that uh, the pastor's 14-year-old daughter yeah. was one of those who was murdered. And, um, you know, we get the steady stream of questions, and I know that uh, this radio station, and I'm so grateful they did it, uh, I actually got a call and was invited to, to go on the, the show, but because we're in California, Pastor Ken did it for us, and um, uh, people were able to, to, to hear some pastors just sort of share about this kind of thing. And one of the things that Ken said that I think um, we Christians, we really need to be aware of uh, is that that just because we're Christians doesn't exempt us from evil in the world. And, and I think we've got this false notion, I think uh, often uh, misrepresented by, by false teachers, some even well-meaning, but, but it's like, oh, just follow Jesus and everything will go well. And, and Jesus said, people are going to hate you on account of me. Mm -hmm. um, they, they, they hated me, they're going to hate you. Um, and, and I think we, we either selectively choose not to hear that or instead we just kind of pretend like it's not going to apply to us. And uh, I think, Paula, for me personally, this is one of those things where every Christian needs to realize that every day could be our last and we've got to be uh, fruitful in our service for the Lord. You know, our, our, as Christians, even our our thoughts immediately go to uh, the the pain, the, the the people that we've lost. Um, and I think as Christians, what we need to do is understand the immediacy of our mission to carry the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Now, that was a church, and I don't want anybody to misunderstand what I'm going to say now. But from from God's perspective, and I, I hope. That would be our perspective as believers as well. It's far better for a tragedy like this to happen to Christians than to unbelievers. Mm -hmm. Because every one of those people instantly were transported into the presence of beauty, of magnificence, and glory. And we who are left behind, you know, we have this, oh, how could you say such a thing? But, but they went to their reward what Peter calls the goal of their salvation they they earned. And um, it, had unbelievers been in that group, um, they would have immediately gone into eternal torment. Mm -hmm. And now, uh, even now, our ministry is for those who oppose the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I, I think that's what Jesus meant when he said that, that this world will be divided uh, on account of me, even members of your own family. So we, we understand the pain um, in the text that we got and, and in the subsequent uh, responses with funerals beginning, I think you said today. Yeah. Um, Somebody was saying that a funeral was going to be held at Randolph and that the media was not going to be able to um, enter. Yeah. So. Well, I, I just think that in, in situations like this, um, we should have a deeper understanding of the urgency of the times that we live in. Mm. You know, I don't want to go off on a tangent, but um, the man who shot those people, that was the devil. Now, the man wasn't the devil, but it was the devil in him. Yeah. Um, we see these kids, young men and women, getting more and more isolated, uh, more and more reclusive, and uh, time spent alone with ourselves is not healthy spiritually. Um, and yet we talk about video gamers, we talk about lyric content in the, in the music that's being listened to. We, we talk about the lack of civility in this world and it doesn't seem to register. And yet we Christians are the ones that have the answer for that. And so there's no way to, to mitigate this kind of pain. Um, there's no way to pretend 
that, that this didn't happen. There's certainly no way to pretend that everything is going to be okay mm-hmm. for the people who are, who are now suffering because they lost loved ones. But it's a hole that's always going to be there. Um, but I think at some point we get heaven's perspective and we think about the reunion in heaven. We think about that moment when we embrace those people again and see them as they were intended always by God to be mm-hmm. in perfection and glory. Um, this kind of evil's not done. Mm-hmm. And the, the problem's not guns. The problem, the problem is people and our propensity to sin. The problem is our desire to do in the darkness that which God says don't do. And our world is running away from Jesus. And this notion that, oh, get saved and your life is going to be better, or Jesus is going to eventually win the world over and things will start being the way they're supposed to on this earth, it's never going to happen. And I think what we have to understand is that our job is to occupy, to make the most of the time that we have left because the time is short. Now, it's easy for me to say, <clears throat> it's easy for me to say in the sense that, that uh, you know, I've, I went through a life-threatening health crisis this year, earlier this year, and, and so I, I have a tendency to think about urgency. But the point is, and we talked about this a lot at our pastor's conference, Jesus could come back today. And then the things that we saw happen last week um, in Sutherland Springs uh, are nothing compared to the, the horror that the rest of this world is going to see. And every one of us as Christians have people that we love, people that we pray for, who if Jesus came today wouldn't be there, wouldn't be in heaven with us. And that has to be the focus of our life. And if we don't understand that, then we're, um, we're, we're missing the whole point of Jesus leaving us here behind. And all of those who are lost, our pain is not because they suffered. They didn't. And now they're in glory. Um, our pain is because of what we miss and, and the horror that we need to get used to. We need to, to learn to expect it. Um, that provides for us an opportunity to be used for the next time that something happens. And it's just one of those difficult situations. Um, Paul writing to Timothy um, in his last and most personal letter, he said, but mark this, make a point of this, understand this, in the last days there will be perilous times. One another translation says terrible times. That's a very, very strong, active word in Greek. And the whole idea is these things shouldn't surprise us and they're going to get worse rather than better. And we Christians need to be vigilant in doing um, what Jesus left us here to do. And that's, I think, the only takeaway that makes any sense. It's the only takeaway from tragedies like this where we can say, not, not that we are saying, oh, it's going to be okay. It's never going to be okay. Um, what it means, though, is it's an opportunity, while we're still here, to influence more people with the good news that Jesus Christ lived, he died, and he didn't stay dead, and give others an opportunity to accept the good news. Now, if many, even most, are going to reject it, we can deal with that. But in an event like this one, the unspeakable horror and tragedy, um, we need to know there's more of them coming. And instead of looking at the world like it's going to get better and everything is finally going to... Gonna, it's not. And we're told that so that we be prepared for it. Um, and I think the way we mitigate our grief, the way we deal with our pain, is to be active in sharing our faith. That gives it purpose and hope and meaning, and I don't think, Paula, anything else does. Yeah, I... I was thinking, <clears throat> you know, when the church is persecuted from um, the outside or inside, um, the church really does come together. And it's it's kind of, it's not just kind of, it's very encouraging that this church is going to be meeting again this Sunday, of course, not in their sanctuary, but 
they're going to be meeting together. And it's just like the devil is, you know, when, when he killed Jesus, he thought he was done with that Jesus problem. Um, and what I was thinking all along is this thing is going to make this church, this body of believers, stronger than ever. And that immediate, that urgency will be kicked up a notch for them. Because just like you've been saying all along, um, you just never know. Yeah. You know, one of the speakers at the at the conference is um, one of those who is a first responder to the, the big tragedies around the world. And what he was saying is his whole life now, he is not only looking for opportunities to share, but he's also looking for the terrorists. That's just part of his life. Now, he's always on guard um, looking that he might be the one who would stop the attacker, um, but to maybe, you know, he's seen so many of these faces of known terrorists that he can pick them out. And so, um, and I think what you're saying is we too need to be on the lookout, not not in such great fear that every strange-looking person could be that person, but um, to be ready. And, you know, Pastor Ron, um, some days I'm just not sure that I'm ready. And uh, But the Lord, he says, yeah, you are. When it comes, you are. Yeah. And we've got to know that for sure. Yeah, I'm glad you, you mentioned that, Paula, because one of the things that we have to understand is the abundant, the overwhelming grace that God is pouring out on those survivors, those who know him. Now, not so with those who don't know him, um, but, but that grace is available to them. Uh, but the strength that uh, uh, Pastor Pomeroy and his wife have shown publicly... Um, um, that's God's abundant grace. And this is the, 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 the peace that passes understanding. There's no way we can explain it. There's no way you can understand it. But here's what we know. When somebody is really, really hurting, there is an abundance of grace. And even as you just said, you know, I'm just not sure I'm ready. Uh, we, we're all ready um, because that grace meets us when we need it. Uh, I, I don't think there's any value for Christians projecting, well, I just don't think I can handle it um, uh, because you haven't been asked to handle it yet. Now we're asked to love unconditionally. We're asked to pray for, for people. Uh, I, I even had a comment um, via email about, about uh, you know, you always say just to pray about things, but prayer didn't help this thing. Well, but pr- prayer is the answer. It's all we've got. Uh, it's what Jesus is doing for us, interceding for us. At the same time, Paula, it's it's by extension him interceding through us as we pray for others. As you throw a prayer into the air for the people that are hurting, you don't know that that might be the exact moment that somebody's about to be overwhelmed. And God answers that prayer with abundant grace. That's why he, 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 and I'm talking about not grace for salvation, that's already accomplished, but grace for living. Grace sometimes for for surviving mm-hmm. when you don't think you can make it one more minute. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's grace in mission, fulfilling the mission and the Great Commission. Um, there's grace in being with Jesus in his presence. Um, there's grace for the hurting and Jesus is there hurting with them the only one who could ever possibly understand their pain Jesus is there with them and there's abundant grace Uh, we're going to do our best and and I'm not going to do this right away because uh, Pastor Pomeroy is is, uh, uh, overwhelmed with media and it's just you know imagine hundreds and hundreds of media people Mm -hmm. uh, invade a, a town of 600 people. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, we're going to give this just a little bit of time, and I'm going to reach out to Pastor Pomeroy and, and uh, give him an opportunity to share his heart mm-hmm. uh, on this radio program. So we'll be uh, keeping you uh, posted how how that might uh, might work or when it might work out. Mm-hmm. But uh, they need our prayers. They need our love. We don't have to have the right things to say. Mm-hmm. Um, Sometimes just crying, putting our arms around them is the right thing to do and say. 
um, we, we don't have to feel like it's our job to pat him on the back and tell him it's going to be better. Mm. Uh, it's not. Um, but just to share in their sufferings, to grieve with those who grieve. We rejoice with those who rejoice, at least we're supposed to, and that's not so difficult, but sometimes the greatest ministry occurs when we have nothing constructive at all to say, uh, but we just wrap our arms around somebody and say, I'm here. And let them cry and let them ask God questions and let them question God and let them get mad at God momentarily. Whatever it is, God's big. He can take it. Mm -hmm. uh, there's no one way to grieve. There's no right way or wrong way to grieve. Um, but what we do is we just are there. And if we understand that, then I think that we can be uh, of help. Of help. Okay. I remember so many years ago now, when uh, Pastor John Corson, had, you know, he'd lost his f first wife, and and then uh, not too many years afterwards, pretty close to the same time of year, um, he lost his daughter in the same way, and in a very an eerily similar accident. Mm -hmm. And I remember him, uh, you know, the people coming, oh, because she was young, oh, sh I'm so sorry, she'll never be, you know. Uh, never be married, she'll never have children. And she was 16. Yeah, you know, um, she didn't get to graduate that, uh, there was so much that she didn't get to do and, you know, of course this was some time and then John just said, you know, she's always loved Jesus so much and I can't imagine a better husband for her, mm -hmm. you know. She's married to the one that she always had eyes and heart for, and so I can't imagine that she's missing out on anything at all. You know, of course we're trying to say the right thing, but that I don't think that was it. What she missed out on all that, but he actually said that at her funeral. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and her brother who was there, and he just yes, Dad, thank you for that. That just gave me the right perspective. Mm -hmm. She didn't really miss out on anything. Um, she's sitting at the right hand, looking into those eyes, and he's looking into hers. Yeah. Yeah. Three four zero ninety five eighty five for your live calls and questions, or toll free eight seven seven six three zero five seven five seven. If you've been struggling with this and 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 would like prayer. Uh, if you have uh, questions, just nothing seems to make sense, uh, we'll do the best that we can. We'd like to take this opportunity to minister to some who are who are hurting in pain, if if uh, if that's the Lord's will for for this program. We're inside five minutes for this first half of the of the show. Uh, no matter what we're talking about when we come back from the break, uh, if you need um, encouragement or if you need some help, we'll do the very best that we can. But. Let me again emphasize, um, we should never be surprised when evil rears its ugly head. And that's why knowing the Word of God is so valuable, Paula, it's so important, because we won't ask those questions. Why did you let this happen? God didn't do this. God's not to blame for this. Um, our focus, instead of the event, now needs to be on the people. You know, as you've heard me say it, million times, Paul, the people are the, the point. point. Yep. And, and our ministry, our focus now needs to be not on our fears, not on our worries or, or how this impacts us, but our focus is to be on the people who are victims now, the people who are in pain, um, and having a heavenly perspective, knowing that each of those people is in the presence of glory and and um, uh, unfathomable beauty and majesty. Um, can you imagine some of those uh, babies um, instantly on Jesus' lap? Mm -hmm. Suffer not the little children to come unto me, Jesus said, and, and there they were. And, um, you know, those aren't, these aren't Christian platitudes that we're throwing out. These are real answers. These are the solution to the evil in this world. A day's coming when Jesus is going to do away with the darkness in this world. Mm -hmm. But that day's not today. At least not yet. We've still got time. Yeah. But that day is not today. Um, until that day comes, 
we still are to be salt and light in this world. We're still to communicate the answers. We have the only hope. Christ in us, the hope of glory, Paul says. And when Christ comes through us to others, some of those people who might be lost get saved. You were one of them, Paula. I was one of them 13 years later. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it seems like we're not making any difference or having any impact in the world that we live in because nobody wants to hear about Jesus and you know the culture is pushing. These are all the things that the Lord said would happen. But we still can understand God's word won't return void. For some it will accomplish nothing more than judgment. They will be without excuse. And as painful as that is, we've still fulfilled the mission God gave us. But for others, you may say something, plant a seed that gets watered a little while later. And when that happens, you start to wonder, wait a minute. That's what it means to occupy until we come. We've got 30 minutes left in the Date Day program. I'm live today with Paula, 340-9585, 340-9585. You're listening to The Word to Stand Up for Life. Lord willing, we'll be back in two minutes. to the word to stand on for life we're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll free 877-630-KSLR now here's pastor ron arbaugh welcome back 340-9585 we'd love your calls it can be on any subject it doesn't have to be just on the tragedy that we've been discussing in fact we're going to kind of change gears here now um just please everybody stay in prayer for the people that are hurting uh, the, the, the long-term effects of this, well, let's just say that the body of Christ is going to need the rest of the body of Christ, and we want to be there for them. Um, Paula, one of the things I know you've got uh, coming up pretty soon, maybe you can talk about it just for a couple of minutes and whatever you've got on your heart to talk about. Um, um, we've been asked by a church that we planted, uh, Calvary Chapel in Reynosa, Mexico, um, to, to recreate our, our women's retreat down there for them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now we've got 250, 300 women at our women's retreat at, at, at our women's retreats, yeah. but they were here. Some of them were here, mm-hmm. and said, "Would you come and do this? Put on the same thing." So basically, you're going to be doing the same thing yeah. uh, with with uh, fewer people. But um, talk about that for a little bit. Yeah, the, dates and things. The date is uh, the dates are November uh, 17 and 18, and yes. Um, it's so cute because maybe 10, 12, 13 of them for the last couple of years, the, the number of variants um, come from Calvary Chapel Reynosa to our retreat. So this year, like you said, they've asked as many of us as, you know, could to do um, the worship, skit, the teachings, the foot washings, communion. <laughs> I mean, the whole bit. Um, and and so um, I said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> not even asking any of the ladies first, you know, I just said, because the Lord told me a long time ago, you know, if they ask, say yes. So I said, okay, not even thinking, well, I can't do the worship. <laughs> can't, can't play an instrument. You could, I, say, you, you, you could have gone all the way back to our very first minister together in a nursing home yes. and sang old hymns or something, yes. just a cappella. Sing a cappella. Well, I don't think they'd have been real thrilled with that. Um, but then do the teaching and, you know, I speak English. <laughs> I can I can do a little bit of counting and you know I know how to say el baño and comer you know the comida because I want to you know eat and then you have to do the other thing after you eat and then agua I want some water but pretty much <laughs> that's it como se llama como se dice bottled water <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. no not that agua that other agua yeah so you know it's interesting and you mentioned foot washing uh, when w- before we planted the church down there um, we did a couple of joy jesus events out there where we took large groups of people down there and um, cutting hair was a huge ministry mm-hmm. um just like we do in at Travis Park, every head filled with lice, whether no matter their economic yep. status, yep. it's just the way it was. 
and our people just sat there and shared with them and cut hair and uh, the physical touch. We talked about that with Joy mm-hmm. Jesus, the big one that we just did. And they didn't have on gloves. They, yeah, it was just it was just one of those things where yeah. uh, we're here to serve you, and Jesus was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the foot washing. Uh, was significant. In fact, you and I washed feet mm-hmm. um, uh, among them. And, um, you know, there were some very proud men. No, 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 my feet dirty. I, I, you know, we were communicating in mm-hmm. our broken Spanish and their mm-hmm. their uh, broken English. But you could just see the power of the Holy Spirit break them and and embrace them as their feet were being washed. It's, 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 you know, people always say, oh, you wash feet, that's such a servant. No, 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 it's, it's, it's far more difficult to have your feet washed yes, it than to be, be the one who, who does it. Yeah. Uh, and the humility, and you could see the breaking, you could see the Holy Spirit pounding on their hearts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and many, many got saved as a result. Uh, and and uh, this, this uh, retreat that's coming up that you're doing, um, we, we want... We want to be Jesus washing the feet of those who belong to him. Mm-hmm. And there's so much work to do down there. Um, the, the people that we sent, uh, Adriana and, uh, and Pastor Martine, mm-hmm. they're just such great people. She uh, owns absolutely the most beautiful smile, I think, in, in North America. Mm-hmm. And, um, um, you know, we, we, we want them to know how pleased God is that they're taking a stand. Uh, and, and they've been there for years through the drug wars, through the, the danger, and while now all of that, or at least overwhelmingly most of it, has faded away, um, it's still difficult to go out uh, in a uh, heavily Catholic culture mm-hmm. um, and uh, where everybody crosses themselves and thinks they're okay. Um, it's difficult to go out and do what they're doing and to see what the Lord is doing through them is an amazing thing. Yeah, it's it's really cute because they send out you know these uh, uh, update letters and pictures, and they have they may have as many kids if I'm looking at the pictures right as we do, um, but not nearly the number of adults. The kids want to come. They want to. They want Jesus, Jesus, Jesus Cristo. You know, um, and so I'm looking forward because. The ladies that will come to the retreat, and and we have probably 24, 25 of us going. They're only expecting 60 to 70 ladies at their retreat. So what that means is our ladies will just be one to two. Think of the amount of ministry we can we can do with those kind of numbers. So I'm really I'm really pleased. And the the retreat theme is pardon the mess under construction. You know, we're all works in progress, each and every one of us, no matter how young or old we are, um, no matter how well we know the scriptures or not, we're all still works in progress. And um, Pastor Ron, as far as Calvary Chapel San Antonio goes, I really feel like that is the reason why, I mean, they went out from us how many years ago? I don't even remember. It's been a dozen, dozen years or so. At least that they they've picked this particular time and and retreat theme for us to come over there because they want their ladies to understand that uh, yes, the Lord wants us to be sinless and we you know to walk in holiness, and yet there is no sinless perfection, um, but that you can be real. Um, and open and honest um, with your struggles and not be judged but be helped along um, in in this walk with him because he's always holding his hand out it's and you say this all the time too it's oh sorry it's he who began the good work in us that will be the ones who complete it and um, you know people always say your church is so loving you know it's so real it's so raw and that's what we will be taking um, to Calvary Chapel Reynosa. And the ladies um, who are going vary in personalities. It's an awesome thing, vary in age. Um, again, I think the youngest one is early 20s, and then Kuka, who's 90. <laughs> and so... Kuka was there with us when we, when we went the first mm-hmm, time, you know, mm-hmm. so... And so 
everyone will be ministered to. And if there's not a, a another, I don't know how you say, great, great grandma. I know abuela is grandma. Um, all the ladies younger who need a great grandma or who need a grandma or who need a mom um, will be ministered to. And to with Kuka, she's been so faithful for so long. I mean, to hear her, one of her granddaughters did uh, the one of the devotions at the retreat this year, and they're not having devotions at this one, um, but she was saying how all of every family member under Kuka has gets prayed for every single day. She has been given by the Lord because she sought the Lord on this a personal scripture for each and every one of them, and they all know what that is, whether they're saved or not. Kuka has been faithful um, to take, you know, like Job with his family, uh, before the Lord each and every day. And so, I, I, you know, if Kuka doesn't go, it, it, it'll be our loss, but um, she's, she's planning on going. So, Tatarabuela, Tatarabuela. Oh yeah, that's the the interpreter. <laughs> Thank God our producer mm -hmm. speaks Spanish. Mm -hmm. huh? Yes, <laughs> Tata Abuela. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to learn a little bit more Spanish when I come back, Pastor Ron. <laughs> yeah, I might look different, man. You just better be ready. <laughs> I remember uh, I just cute Cougar story uh, when we were in Monterey doing the Joy of Jesus. It was that we had we had I don't know 150 people or so that mm -hmm. were, were down there, and uh, uh, you know the, the city they really didn't know what what we were doing or what hit them, but people responded so wonderfully, and uh, unlike another time when um, the Lord gave me a two day gift of Spanish. Yeah, that was amazing. In well, but but that was in Reynosa, mm -hmm. in Monterey. I thought, well, okay, Lord, we'll we'll do this again. Mm -hmm. He he didn't, <laughs> and and so. Uh, Kuka was my translator for the days that we were out on the streets, and um, um, even at her age then, she had so much energy and she could keep up. So I would start talking to somebody, and then she would translate. Mm -hmm. And I kept noticing that that what I was saying you were saying a few words, yeah, and, and she was taking a long she time. was saying a lot of words. So I had the I had the, the <laughs> suspicion that Kuka wasn't being really faithful in the translation. <laughs> And so I, I would go through this and I'd talk to people. And so I would say, Kuka, now ask them if they're ready to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Mm -hmm. And he's, oh, Pastor, and I already did that. Yeah. And, and she already got saved. Or he already got saved. So. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you've been talking, Pastor Ron, but mm -hmm, yeah. I've already handled this yeah. for you, yeah. sir. So God bless you. Just, you know. just one of those things. But uh, I'm really excited um, that we get the opportunity to go down there and minister again, I think. Uh, we will be the ones blessed the most mm -hmm. as a result. And um, if we could ask our radio audience to pray for um, the ladies who are going, mm -hmm. um, the ladies who will hear. Mm -hmm. And we, 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 we think we're going at a time where the body there needs to be really, really encouraged. Yeah, yeah. So she, um, uh, Adriana, pastor's wife, she sent me a, she, we communicate by email. She don't text. So um, anyway, she says, I know your ladies love to serve. So not only are we doing the whole retreat, but um, can I put some on the list to, you know, help maintain the restrooms and to make sure we have the coffee and the tea is ready when the ladies um, would need it and uh, to pick up the grounds and stuff. I was and I, I was thanking her for just knowing that. Yeah, we're in the serving business. We'll do whatever you say. Put put me on this one. Oh, serving the serving the meals, and so some of the ladies here at Cabbage Chapel San Antonio don't know that I already took care of that. Their names are on this already. <laughs> I guess I better <laughs> let them know. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but we are. But see, that's a neat thing. We mm -hmm. you know uh, we've we've shared on this program many times before, Paul, that that our church is always um, financially. Desperate, mm. I think is the right word. That's a good one. Um, just because everything is free and we don't ask for money, um, but but from from almost the beginning, 
um, we've always had more people to serve than we than we needed. And that's why our church is really rich. Yeah. You know, yeah. our, our richness isn't measured in a bank account. Mm-hmm. Thank God. Yeah. Um, but but uh, our 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 savings account of servants and servanthood has been spectacular from day one. And and people can't help but to notice when they they walk in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think the, the, the loving part of of our church that we're so well known for is fueled by the, the, the heart of a servant. That's You're not loving somebody if you're not serving them. Mm-hmm. And I think rather than the service flowing from the love, I think the love flows from the service. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And it's, it's gonna always been that way. Mm-hmm. You know, after, after every pastor's discipleship class, <coughs> and then, um, I don't know, pretty much whenever you finish a, a, a conversation with somebody, and if it's uh, like a, a Tuesday night or a Thursday night or Saturday after pastor's class, this is what you always say, tomorrow's work day, search and rescue. And the church has got has caught on to that. And those who came here needing to be looked for and then looked after now get it. And they turn around and um, they look for those lost and lonely ones. And like you tell us, even at the park, you know, for joy of Jesus, don't just go on looking for the down and out the homeless. There's some people who look like and maybe do have it kind of all together as far as the world um, looks like, but they need Jesus every bit as much. And so our church is always on the lookout, Oh, especially if there's a new person. You know, that's my specialty. Oh, because I'm, if I'm talking to somebody who's normal at the church and I say, oh, I don't know those people. Like the other day, I said, ooh, Sam, do you know them? And Sam said, no. I said, well, you got to go get them because this other person over here, I don't know either. So Sam went and, <laughs> you know. So we're you know, in the search and rescue. <clears throat> it's awesome. You know, it, it shouldn't be a novel thing. Um, um, we have a pastor's discipleship class, a very important one coming up this Saturday, as a matter of fact. Um, talking about some of the things relative, relative to Calvary Chapel. Mm-hmm. And... Um, um, I want the servants here to know um, that that we come to church to work. It's not a day off. Mm-hmm. It's not to be uh, fed. It's not to be um, um, encouraged or exhorted. And all those things happen, of course, when you come to church. But we're coming looking for the lost, the hurting, the hungry, the broken, the needy, and the confused. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's not a like, oh, we're through with the pastor's discipleship class and and now let's uh, t- tomorrow's church. Um, t- tomorrow's work day, mm-hmm. um, and and every day is is tomorrow. Um, every day is a work day here for the Lord, and if we understand that, the the fruit that results is is overwhelming. You know, Paul, you said something a little bit earlier in, in the thing, uh, referring to something that I say always, quoting Paul, uh, he who began a good work will be faithful to complete it until they've. Christ Jesus, uh, writing uh, in the first chapter of Philippians. Um, you know, one of the, the real difficulties that I see uh, in many people's walk with Jesus is that they don't get that concept. Um, I know I was saved by grace, and I believe, but now i got to work like it all depends on me. Instead of just falling in love with Jesus, just being with Him, and understanding that He's the one responsible to get us to the finish line. Uh, we do that by following him. He said, my sheep hear my voice. I call them by name and they follow me. And too many of us as Christians, we, we try to get out in front of the head of the, of the Lord and say, come on, follow me, Jesus, and hope that he blesses it. It never works that way. Uh, and if we would understand that he does all the work, he's the one responsible, the stress that it would relieve uh, in so many Christian lives, just saying, you know what? I don't have to be good. I don't have to to, to measure up to a certain standard. Uh, all I have to do uh, is be with Jesus, and He's got me in His arms, and He'll take me to the finish line. Um, I promise you, if Jesus has you in His arms, you're going to enjoy the trip to the finish line. <laughs> and we need to remember that, and we just don't get that. Mm-hmm. That too often. It's one of the things I know that you'll communicate to the ladies in, in Reynosa. Mm. Yeah, um, you know, I was saying that I, <clears throat> at the conference, I was 
um, corrected, you know, and then redirected. Well, I can tell you, um, being corrected, though I know I'm loved, doesn't always feel good. Um, and so, you know, knowing that I'm loved, I remember, you know, getting those spankings, and, and Jesus doesn't spank you like regular angry parent or anything like that, but it still is painful. Um, and so, but yeah, he's going to, he finishes the work, and I am so grateful that um, I am accepted, that we're all accepted in the beloved, and that, um, yeah, he's not disappointed, he wasn't surprised, um, he's just making making me and those that he has to um, sometimes open our eyes to some things, making us better, so... He's a good. He's a good father. He's a good, good father, and I'm thankful because you know you pray, <clears throat> Lord. And and I, you know I kind of tease with the ladies sometimes when I'm teaching. You know how we pray, Lord. You know I love you. You know I want to be more like you, and so Lord, just look into my heart and if there's anything in there like Pastor Ron says for me to open my hands you know like you've told me before, Lord, keep my hands down and my heart open, and just you know show me. But a lot of times, you know, I'm busy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm busy. I give him about 10 seconds. You if got, you don't come you, up with something you, real quick. You got quick. a minute and a half, Lord. You know? Yeah, it's that. If you didn't come up with something with real quick, okay, I'm good, right? Okay, I'm good, right? And I go on. And, well, sometimes at, at conferences or retreats or, you know, things like that where you have a little bit more time, like in the quiet time at our retreats, that's a whole hour that, you know, that you can shut out all the noise. And uh, the Lord can really, you know, get deeper. And so um, that's what was happening. And, and, you know, again, he's a good, good father. He says, look, baby, I want to use you. I want to use you better. And so um, I'm going to need you to be still for more than 10 seconds <laughs> so I can show you some stuff. Oh, but there's somebody I haven't seen in a long yeah, time. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or did I, did, I turn the, did I turn the oven off? You know, <laughs> all those things gone. Yeah, so. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Well, I'll tell you one thing we didn't do is we didn't turn the heater on in our house. Woo! And we left when it was very warm, and we came back last night. You're getting texts. It's 46 degrees. It's rainy, and it's windy. It's cold. And yeah. Our yeah. house was cold. We got home late last night. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, we got home late last night, and I was hungry, and I was looking everywhere. And, of course, you know, you leave town. You don't go grocery shopping, you know, so there's hardly anything there. Oh, my I, I had some papaya left, and I took the rest of that papaya, and I slathered it with whipped cream. <laughs> Quarter till 12 at night. What's wrong with me? <laughs> it was sugar-free, but, um, yeah, no, so that wasn't good. But, yeah, it was cold. We turned the fireplace on, the heat going. Are you dry today? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, my throat is dry. <laughs> and, you know, this is the least I've talked in four days Ever, I, I mean, I haven't really been talking until we got to the radio program. You mean the most you've talked? No, the least. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, these, yeah, these four days, yeah. yes. So, yes, so yes, yes. Um, I, I thought my voice would be strong, my throat would be fine. But, <laughs> <laughs> so it's just one of those things. Paula, we're inside uh, uh, four minutes. Um, what's the one big takeaway from the conference, if, if, there's, if there is one, or if there's one you just want to share? That... Um, that God is faithful to use us, um, no matter um, the age, because uh, that was kind of one of those things, you know, the, most of the speakers are from the second generation, I guess, because Pastor Chuck was first generation. Well, but, but I mean, that whole group of first generation Calvary guys, those, the, the, they're the first generation guys. Okay, so the first generation guys were doing yeah. all the speaking um, to the second and third, so they're, they're like great grandfather pause kind of thing and um, just to still hear their love for the Lord um, for people uh, his word that you know that if you're faithful to put the word in he's faithful to bring it out because just like with you Pastor Ron you know I can see your notes sometimes but sometimes you don't say what's on your notes (laughs) I can't see my notes. <laughs> yeah, but it's because the Holy Spirit takes it over, yeah. and he knows who needs to hear what needs to be 
um, said. And so to see and hear uh, them still um, speaking and being used in their later years um, was very encouraging. Yeah. yeah. And I want to be faithful to the end. One guy said he wants to, we all want to finish well. Finish well. So that was that was what I took away from that. You don't have to, just because you're old and you come up the stairs a little slower than maybe you used to, you know, um, that's okay. You know, this is one of my, my favorite <coughs> topics, but um, we who are older are a treasure to the rest of the body. Mm-hmm. And our, we live in a culture that throws the older away. And you see these guys who are part of the original Jesus movement um, and now some of them have church of, of thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people. And um, you, 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 you think, I want to finish like that. And um, the young people need us. I know it sounds self-serving, but the young people really need us. We need to, to keep in mind um, our value. We, we can't rest. Mm-hmm. We can't rest. There's no no finishing our service for the Lord until He says we're done. Yeah. So I think. Hey, tomorrow, um, the our just little information here, Calvary Chapel, our church office, the school, uh, and Malta Medical will all be closed in observance of Veterans Day. Uh, we'll be having our Friday evening service tomorrow at seven o'clock. And of course, we'll be doing the radio show live tomorrow as well. Uh, also, we'd like to wish the uh, a happy 242-year birthday to the United States Marines. Woo-hoo! And for all of the veterans out there, mm. this is the day we celebrate. This isn't Memorial Day. This is Veterans Day. For all of you who have served, we thank you from the depths of our heart. Yeah. May the Lord bless you and keep you. We'll see you tomorrow. Goodbye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapels, the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.